November 30, 2020. It's the Watt for Pedro Show. <laughs>
Well, for Pedro Show, happy Monday, last day of November. God, it went. That's okay. That's the way things are. Uh, start off the show with Bessie's Blues, John Coulter. It sounded like they just came in on that one, huh? Mr. Uh, Rudy Van Gelder just hit record. And then uh, th- Throw the Goat with Too High to Stay Home from their new record. And, uh, yeah, Brother Matt's at the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point a couple miles south because we're still quit in quarantine mode. But I am not totally man alone because of those software engineers of Estonia with their great Skype invention. I got Brian with me from Throw the Goat. How you doing, How's it going, man? Well, I'm glad to have you aboard, brother. Yeah. Good, good, good record, man. This is your third album? Um, I think fourth full length. Okay, f- fourth album, but first like a power troika, right? You're the singer man? Yeah, yeah, I'm the uh I'm the new singer man. <laughs> That's okay. It's great. I, I really like what you guys did. And uh but let, let's journey back okay. through your mu- music travel through the music universe. See, hear, hear those sizzles and shit? You cooking bacon? <laughs> <laughs> I hear little sizzles. Okay, it's okay. Anyway, uh, please relate to us your earliest musical recollection. Remember, it's a Wafer Pedro show, so there's no hard questions and there's no wrong answers. Yeah, of course. Um, so my dad is a bass player. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Respect. <laughs> uh, so he he graduated in '72, uh, and then I was born in '82. Um, so he still had uh, had high school friends and stuff, people that he was uh, in bands with back in the day that would uh, come over to the house and stuff when I was a kid, and they'd get together and jam, or they'd be you know playing the the old teen center that they used to go to for like a reunion thing, and uh, you know my my dad and all of his friends, basically my my aunts and uncles, um, both my parents went to high school together so it was like it was one big group so uh, i was just surrounded by it all the time um it would be uh it would be pretty difficult for me to not grow up to be a musician myself like even when i was a kid my uh my imaginary friends were all in a band together so it was natural and where was it uh i was born in seattle but i grew up in southern california like around uh montclair ontario pomona area dairy in the old days it was dairy country yeah orange groves and right. uh and cows right people now it's got foothill freeway and yeah and uh oh yeah all the col- Here, here's the funniest thing claremont montclair mm-hmm. right next to each other yeah and one's above the other yeah <laughs> is there are the people kind of different um, Claremont is definitely more upscale, I would say, than than Montclair. I don't know if that's just a, a north versus south thing or or what. <laughs> yeah, I always tripped on that. There was a pad out there. It's 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 a been paved over. It's a, a parking lot for a mall now, but it was called the Green Door. Okay. Do you remember this? It sounds really familiar. Okay. Yeah, I think '80s is when I was playing there. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. So maybe a little. Or, or just there's memories or something. I had some funny incidences there and stuff like that. But so your pop bass man, does he got mm-hmm. a bass in the pad? Does he have an amp? He has way too much gear in his house, <laughs> and my he keeps buying more. And my mom's no, freaking I'm, out. I'm talking about the days when you were a boy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, a fair amount. He had a, an acoustic 360 uh, with a reverse 18 inch speaker in it. Um, uh, yeah, a bunch of stuff. My first garage band, I borrowed uh, his G&L. Um, and he was like, all right, you can take it out of the house. Just don't let any of your friends play it. So you did, don't mess it up. You did jump on the bass then. Okay, okay. But, but, yeah, because uh, the guitar but, was taken. <laughs> <laughs> and what what age? Uh, so I must have been like, well, 
So I started, I was playing guitar at home, but the first time that I got invited to play in a garage band, they already had guitar covered, so I, I borrowed my dad's bass. But I started playing guitar, well, I mean, my first time ever just dicking around with a guitar was probably, I was like six, and then uh, I actually got one. Was there lessons? Uh, my mom had some lesson books from like the seventies and stuff that, that she gave to me, but I, I'm not that kind of guy. I don't... <laughs> like, you know, Alfred's uh, guitar method or Mel Bay or shit like right. that. Yeah. No, I, I didn't do, I didn't learn theory. <laughs> I didn't anything. I started out just writing little songs on, on the E string and oh, then really? graduated to the E and A and then was figuring out chords kind of just from where people's hands were and like music videos or rock and roll magazines and stuff. But you were you were writing songs right away. Yeah, yeah, I jumped right into it. Oh, because yeah, me and D Boone, we were fucking trying to copy songs off records. Right, there was a little bit of that, but I don't know because most of the other kids that that played other songs, they they were obsessed with getting it, you know, super perfect, and I just like to dick around, you know. So sure. What about school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? Um, let's see. In I think it was like fourth grade, we were playing that little flute recorder yeah, thing. Yeah, recorders, yeah. Um, which is cool. You know, I learned that Joy to the World is C V A G F E D C. Yeah, diatonic. Uh, right. I, I want to ask you, what was the first record you bought with your own money? Um, it was actually two. It was uh it was Pearl Jam Ten and Boys to Men Cooley High Harmony. Yeah, because you know when you're young you ain't got a lot of money, so you got to right. spend it wise. What about the first gig you went and saw? First gig? Well, I don't know, because my dad, you know, his he and and his friends and bands and stuff, they used to play gigs that I went to, so... Okay, so that, I, that was the first ones, yeah. Yeah. Family affair. Yeah. Right. That, that's bitching. I mean, what, Thanks, what, man. What, what, yeah, what better, you know, thing to get you ready for your, your turn? Exactly. I, I, I want to play a Hot Truck Whiskey.
Jesus, tag team's five pints of Stella, picks up a packet of ready-salted nuts and crushes them in his palm. Darren yanks a wise man from the nativity display, throws it at Jesus' head. This is a surprise grudge match. Winner leaves with nothing. Jesus snaps a ball cue over his thigh, smashes Mrs. Hill's vase into pieces over the carpet. Darren's fist yawns into him. Blood pours from his mouth, his teeth a factory line of overtime, his eyes broken bottles. The dartboard sheds its numbers, the slot machine pisses pan coins, the man painted on the gent's door runs into the ladies. On the telly, wizards stop playing and place bets from the summit of Roy Wood's beards. An audience member at the bar rocks on her stool, burbling the Lord's Prayer. Our father, who's charting West End's, Carol now be in Spain. The bell rings, the bartender calls time, the landlord phones the police, and the streets fill with the bird song of sirens. The sky throws up a burning bowling ball, dispersing the crowd like skittles. Come on, Jesus cries, screaming at the torn bin bags, the footprints of dog shit smeared across the pavement, the graffiti neighbourhood watch sign. I'll take on all of you. It's my birthday. And I'm celebrating.
On your backs, don't turn in the steps. The bezels on your carpet, don't turn cuffs clamp. Cause the fans did a draft. Label whores so around by your artist tag. Name not a shame. Like Prince Hakeem, sometimes all this extra shit drains me up my soul battery. Just like cloudy days, rain, rain, go away. It's the music that I love, the sweet vibration. Unify the nations, stop the mass production, eating the babies. Be true to self, take care of the ladies. Illusion of food, make me not even hungry. The illusion of money, make me not even want it. But we delusional, it's power in this music, homes. So watch out we influence those. Yeah, me like Marvel, what's going on? Look at the city from the parking lot of Cardoso. See the world of ruins, mass shooting, pollution. We drowning in the red, my down line. Freedom is suited. Burn out the new rain. Thank you. 
Watch for Pedro Show. Yeah, Hot Truck Whiskey from Throw the Goat, new record. Quack Quack after that from England, around Leeds, I think. Midlands? Midland? Midland? Yes, forget it, Watts. Uh, face gone wrong. <laughs> you know, right. what about dudes who try to adopt somebody else's accent, right? Okay, change, uh, ch ch Chain Gang of Destruction, uh, solo demo from the Hellbians, Hots for Entertainment, Nappy Nappa, great great album out of D.C. Uh, Harper Roos and St. George from the 60s were workshop a thing. That, that's got the Delia Derbyshire lady uh, pioneer in electronic music with uh it was called the bbc workshop i think they ended up owning all that stuff 38 angry tigers after that workshop of rethinking you know i think of the blue oyster cult first album right workshop at the telescopes it's a great song mm. yeah get weird uh, uh, first rock and roll where like the, the the lines of the songs don't rhyme <laughs> like what's right. that about and then you send in for the words and they they weren't line by line. It was just where the margin ended. It was like on pewter paper with the holes on the side and the green stripe. Yeah, it was a while back. When I first used a pewter, you know, I had to write my program on a deck of cards that you fed into a machine and you got your answer four hours later. Right. Because 19 of the, all the Cal State schools was using this one fucking mainframe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was all punch card stuff. Yeah, good old. Yeah, in fact, that's one of the things I was trained on in high school, how to fix those machines. They would take a buttload of current, you know, to work a bass amp just to punch holes. Here's right. that sound again. Hear that? It's like you're either scratching the shit out of yourself or... Nah, maybe yeah, my like, phone is just real or sensitive. Like, or peeling up these um, Rolades or something. Okay. No. Bowman's pregnant after that. Utmost respect. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to let it bother me anymore. I'm just going to let it happen. Bowman's pregnant. Utmost respect to the wandering bear. <laughs> Guided by voices brand new. Crash at Lake Placebo. Pineapple Empress with the Empress. At South London. Johnny Mark and the Ricks. Because, you know, you did short songs. So I bought a bunch of short songs to fit in with you guys. All uh, right. I, I'm, I'm partial to short songs. Uh, Johnny Mark and the Ricks, which has got Frankie Anwy from the sub, uh, Suburban Lawns a long time ago. Uh, got to play with them, and he passed away from a stroke. And you never know when your numbers are, people, so get your music in there. Imagine that from Dose. Yeah, right, Brian? You don't know. Clown God from History, and finally, just skating by. Throw the go Were you a skater? Um, I tried, and I broke my arm, and I gave up. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and especially if you want to work the fucking guitar and bass, you got to need that arm. Yeah, I figure people who get really good at skateboarding, there has to be some sort of level of masochism in there because <laughs> you got to fall down a lot. You got to yeah. fuck yourself up to get really good, you know? It works as a good metaphor for music, though. Like some dude wants to give up after, you know, take 152. No, no, keep going. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was reading this James Jamerson story about record with Smokey Robinson. He said, you about take 246, the rig of mortar started setting into the groove. <laughs> right. Yeah, I would I would imagine now they they don't even do that, you know. Like, they just fix it in Pro Tools. Yeah, give me a syllable, and I'll get the right. rest. <laughs> yeah. Have AI fill it out or something. <laughs> okay. Back to your, your, your journey through music. So, yeah. You know the thing after school where you got your buddies in the garage band, basement band, you know, whatever, bedroom band? Did you do that? Yeah, for sure. Um, 
lot of times we were meeting, well, we, it was a toss-up between uh, Drummer's House and, and Guitarist's House. And we used to, uh, we had one little, like, Radio Shack microphone that we would tape <laughs> to the handle of the sledgehammer. And then that would pick up the, the drums, the guitar, and we would sing into it, too. So it was just one mic for everybody. Now, did this band have a name? We went through so many different names, and then it would we'd find out that it was taken. Um, like, we wanted to be called Spoon. That was already taken. <laughs> uh, we wanted to be called Abattoir. That was already taken. Um, yeah, the, there, was, there was all sorts of stuff. We never really settled on, on anything, I don't think. Was it more of a prac band, or did you do any gigs? Uh, we did like house parties and stuff. We keggers. never actually, uh, Pedro, we call them to... keggers. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, we called them kickbacks. Okay. What was the first kickback you play? What was it like? Uh, it started out, we were in the front yard for some reason. That was really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, like our parents had dropped us off and then they're all just like standing there wanting to watch and we refused to play until they left. <laughs> Because we were just too embarrassed. And uh, and then our friends were like into it for a little bit until they realized that we're only playing like minute and a half long songs that don't really have a chorus. <laughs> and then we don't take requests. <laughs> and uh, and then somebody turned on a hose and we freaked the fuck out. We thought that they were going to short circuit us. So we uh, we stopped. We, oh, I think man. we played like six songs. So it was kind of a brief. Notice I don't say the whole word. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, not not a whole lot going on, but we felt accomplished, you know. You, you got to break the water, right? Right. It's like falling off the skateboard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so uh, did you guys end up with the one Radio Shack mic? Did you end up recording? Yeah, we made uh, we made little cassette tapes, and we were trying to figure out who we were going to send it to because you know they hear the magic on the tape and they're just going to love us. And, <laughs> All of that, and we never—I don't think we ever actually sent it to anybody. And then the drummer and the guitar player like started fighting, and they're like each wanting me to start a separate band with one of them. And then, yeah, oh, yeah, band, band politics—that you learned that exactly. <laughs> and my dad got a kick out of it because he's like, "Yep, bass player's always caught in the middle." Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Derek Smalls. Yeah. Right. <laughs> one guy's like ice. One's like fire and i'm lukewarm <laughs> right <laughs> that's my job is to be like lukewarm walter yeah, right. he's like smoking a pipe right uh harry sheer yeah 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 he ended, also got work with uh simpson voice right yeah he's a uh, principal skinner and mr burns and all that he also had a show for a long time on one of the npr stations called lay show on sundays Right, yeah, he's got a radio background, right? Yeah, yeah, I used to listen to him, I think it was a half hour or an hour every Sunday, it was right around when Joe Frank, this guy who would read these weird stories, kind of, you know, spoken spiel, kind of uh, mind movies, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Harry's incredible cat, and he was great in that role. So, this band, yeah. It breaks up, right? So what's your next move musically? Um, so I ended up, uh, I went to like an all-boys Catholic college prep school for two years until they kicked me out. So <laughs> I wasn't uh, I wasn't really hanging out with too many of my uh, public school friends at the time. And this this one group, they, tr they tried to get me to join as like a singer. We had like a couple practices and then the drummer got arrested for like breaking into somebody's house or something to like, I don't know. He was a heroin addict, I guess. Oh, yeah, it happens. <laughs> uh, 
So then, um, then a buddy that I was in, the guitarist from the band, the garage band, um, we just started dicking around with computers and, uh, we were using, it was cool edit pro at first. And then that got bought by Adobe and it became Adobe audition. So we, uh, we, we were getting into sampling and stuff. We were even using, um, on windows 95, there was a, uh, it was called sound recorder. And the early version of it, you could record into it, you could reverse, you could add echo, you, there was all this other stuff. So we used to like go through CD collections. A lot of times it was like the 80s ZZ Top records and would steal drum beats from there and like build stuff up. Because, you know, we were into like everything, you know, hip hop and sure, sure. grunge and metal and punk and all that stuff. So we were just sort of blending it all together, you know. But you would, and, uh, you, would you you would record your bass also, right? Yeah, so we we figured out how to would stick like a little uh, quarter inch to eighth inch adapter on a on an instrument cable and then plug that straight into the mic jack of of our parents' hard drives and <laughs> record directly into that. And uh, my dad always thought I was going to blow up the computer. <laughs> yes. uh, and then you know putting like pedals in front of it and stuff too. So we got pretty good at it. And this was like. I don't know, this was mid nineties. So the only people that were really doing that was like, you know, the ones that could afford like the expensive recording equipment and, and all that. We were kind of doing it uh, very, very budget. And then, you know, making tapes and sending them around and trying to build a band, but we could never find people to, to play all these parts and stuff. So it was kind of a band that really only existed in digital form. Like your, your form of the Dan. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but did this project have a name? Uh, it was called Angel Abyss. Angel Abyss. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so there's there's weird stuff floating out there somewhere. Probably yeah, I was going to ask stuff. you. Maybe put up a Bandcamp page of this stuff or something, or a right? sound, SoundCloud or something. That's true. It's probably it's probably time to to dig it back out. It's why, been why, why I mention that, Brian, is because your early stuff you can only have that experience once. Right. That's yeah. true. So it's kind of a trip. Whereas later you do the fucking I Love Lucy reruns. <laughs> <laughs> Little Richie, what the hell? Lucy, Jump the shark later. Lucy. <laughs> yeah, I gotta explain. Okay, so uh, Angel Abyss is a two-man thing, but it's kind of a, a record only. You can't really take it to the stage. Right. But you so were... We, were doing, we were doing that through high school, and then... Um, I ended up, uh, I got a gig as a guitar tech, um, and I, I did that for 10 years without, you know, I was writing and stuff in between, but I wasn't, wasn't really recording or anything. So yeah, right after high school, I was, I was on the road as a guitar technician. So you're involved with music, but you're more like a helper man. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was interesting too, cause I graduated in 2000, um, and the band that I was working with, they were called The Start, uh, one word. Um, they were signed to, I think it was an Interscope subsidiary. I think it was called The Label. Um, <laughs> okay. And uh, so, yeah, we started out, you know, tour buses and all this stuff. And then I basically got to be a fly on the wall for the collapse of the music industry. <laughs> 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 without having too much skin in the game you know yeah and of course my heart is you know bleeding pink lemonade you know i feel right. so bad for those <laughs> all that bullshit <laughs> yeah well i mean i went to i tried going to like community college after high school to take like music classes and shit and yeah. i was like this just sucks man yeah. like <laughs> why why am i stuck behind a desk again like 
you know, it was it was lame. Well, so, a drummer uh, friend of mine told me a lot, a lot of that music school is about making more teachers. Right, exactly. Which yeah, might you, not be you bad. You get your PhD or whatever, and then you just go teach at a conservatory. Yeah, which might not, yeah, might not be bad. But if you're a person who's got to express himself via music, it might be terrible. Right, just never-ending academia. Yeah, right, right. So but, that's yeah. always been a dangling duality, right? Institutionalized learning versus, like, you know, Johnny Appleseed <laughs> Whatever, yeah. Jimmy Crap's corn. <laughs> right? Yeah, I didn't even know any theory at all until like uh, a couple of years ago, actually. <laughs> when it was time even... to learn it. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, well, I ended up, I got a job uh, very briefly teaching guitar at School of Rock in Temecula because uh, I really needed a gig. You know who and, ended uh, up passing away in Temecula? Who? Andy Frazier, the bass man for free. Oh, really? That's where his last years were. Look, we're huh. at the end of the first hour. That's why you're on the show, Brian, so you can learn factoids like that. There you go. <laughs> November 30, 2020, Dishwap Pedro Show special guest, Brian, from Throw the Goat. Hold tight for hour two. November 30, 2020, it's the second hour of the lot from Pedro's.
Mont for Pedro Show, second hour. We started off with, I'm going to guess here, but maybe people like you. you yeah, know, yeah. It's got very creative spelling here. Throw the goat. Then Sam Bennett out of Tokyo with the smile room. Echo Ishibashi. What, I think 70 miles west of Tokyo in the woods with Jim O'Rourke. Tell the time. Free moral agents. That's got the late great Ike. Only 35, 36, he had a heart attack on the beach in Mexico and just mm. fell over dead. Yeah. like Could be worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No suffering, huh? Right. But he was a badass musician, and so that's the, the shame. Because he would, he, Free Moral Agents was his own uh, band here, and he was helping the Mars Volta guy, all kinds of cats. Mm -hmm. Money Martin, Nasheed, and, and then, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's over from Throw the Goat. I just thought kind of appropriate, you know. His team yeah. is called Sunday House, but yeah. And you never know when your number's up, people. So I remember I, the last tour I had about 13 months ago, uh, had a young, younger guy, maybe 40 years younger on drums. Mm -hmm. You know what happens. Right. It would have, actually, it would have never happened when I was his age, but things, younger people are way more open-minded now. But I remember right. him saying, you know, we got a couple hours to kill, and I looked at him. I didn't have to say a word, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, let's the story throw the goat. Yeah. So um, so I had the the last three years of my ten years as a guitar tech uh, were actually spent in uh, in the UK. Uh, I lived in a town called York, which uh, you'd mentioned Leeds earlier, right. I believe. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, West West Yorkshire. Um, so, or was it North Yorkshire? I'm going to, people are going to be mad at me anyway. <laughs> white Rose, white Rose. Exactly. Exactly. The Yorkshire Rose. Um, every time it gets around, you know, this holiday season, that's when I really start to miss it. Cause York is just beautiful around this time of year. Um, but yeah, I was working for a band called Elliot minor out there. They were signed to Warner brothers, UK. Um, we did a few tours and stuff and then they were all young guys. Um, and, uh, they, they wanted to go on to do other things and, and have real families and careers and whatnot. And, uh, I was married at the time and the wife had just got her PhD and no longer wanted to live in the country. So, uh, we had, uh, I came back from a tour and she was gone and then I, I thought maybe I could withstand you know out there on my own because I, I had a bunch of friends i was making good money but uh with the band you know kind of fizzling out and not knowing when the next uh gig was going to be i uh i sucked it up and i came back to the states so i was uh i was chilling with my parents on the east coast and niagara falls for a little while and then um i came out uh came back out to california get some stuff out of storage and see some people and try and figure out what my next move was going to be and uh some of my buddies uh, up in this little town called Idlewild uh, in the mountains uh, uh, just south of like Coachella Valley, like southwest. Um, they were getting together for, uh, for a little jam. Um, the bass player at the time was uh, Mike Schnauzer and the drummer at the time was Tim Olivier. And they had been uh, kind of doing some garage jam stuff and they wanted to bring a guitarist into the fold. And I was randomly ending up back in town, and uh, our buddy Johnny was randomly back in town from whatever he was doing in Seattle. And uh, yeah, we all just got together to jam in the living room of like this two-bedroom shack. 
and uh and it was it was just magic i tore up my return ticket and i was like can i just sleep on the couch (laughs) and that was that was it and that was the uh that was the band house that was the goat house for the first uh first few years we should tell people that ain't so familiar with california that's the desert people (laughs) yeah yeah so uh you go like two hours east of LA, two hours north of San Diego, and drive up in the mountains. There's uh, there's Idlewild, and then uh, we uh, we started doing gigs down in Coachella Valley, and uh, yeah, it's it's now pretty famous for for the music yeah. festival more than anything. <laughs> right, right. We should. Tell but there's people, some really great bands from there. Oh, of course, jo- Josh Hom and uh, Mario. Mario actually yeah. way early, right? The Fats and yeah, Jets. Mario Lally kind of kicked that whole thing right. off. Right, and there, there was a club, right? Rhythm and Brews. Yeah. Yeah, right. He kicked it all off. He's a beautiful cat. And, and all those cats, Josh has so much respect for him because he was kind of man alone for a while and his brother. Right. And then, yeah, and all kinds of Apple Valley, all kinds of stuff. But people, okay, it's hot in the daytime, but it gets cold at the night. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and plus up in up in Idlewild, where I'm at, right, it's like thirty degrees more. colder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look we how, get snow and shit. Right, right. right. Uh, I, I, you know, I now this was Ontario, not so far out, but I went to the first Cal Gym, and I found somebody told me oh, it was yeah. hundred degrees at nighttime, and I brought a t-shirt and a little blanket. Yeah, I almost right. died. The mother, I passed out. Motherfuckers, uh, put the cock sacks over me, and that probably saved my <laughs> life. I woke up under a pile of dudes. <laughs> Yeah, but it's <laughs> six fifty. That's a real awakening. Yeah, yeah, but you learn about the desert. Okay, I want know your worth. I want.
towering Bye. 
for Pedro show know your worth throw the goat then uh, mm, well three M's I don't know how you pronounce that maybe it's an acronym by IMMR I don't know how to pronounce that either but they're from DC not Chicago remember that Mint Douche from London not from Australia remember that Arctic Canoe yeah well I fuck up <laughs> my memory you know the thing about Alzheimer's you're always hearing new bands and meeting new people <laughs> <laughs> Reading new books. <laughs> Scott H. Barrow, brand new highway kind. Plutonium Farmers, comfort rules. <laughs> comfort rules. Yeah. I love that idea. You know, Gaffo from Czech Republic with Tom. Huma from their new record, Flagellum. <laughs> and then Deaths, not Depths, but Deaths of Despair from Throw the Go. So where's the name Throw the Go? How did you guys come up with this? So... Uh... When we were first figuring out what we wanted, because we, we booked our first gig without having a name. Um, so 
the rule that we kind of came up with was that it should be three syllables for like optimum crowd chanting. <laughs> and then we, at first we were kind of messing around with like making it an acronym of some kind. And uh, we were all just kind of like sitting on the deck of the house and, and uh, drinking beers and just throwing out different names and seeing what stuck. And uh, so when I said throw the goat, that kind of goes back to, um, you know, it's the, the old heavy metal hand signal, the, the oh, Ronnie evil James eye. Dio. Yeah, for sure. Which pr- probably goes way back to Italy. Like you put those on your balls. It, what my, my Italian friends tell me: if you say something that makes you sound self-important, you, you mm-hmm. touch your balls with them because it's bad luck. Yeah, like right. that—that's going to be an easy job. Uh oh, the horn. You put the fingers on the balls. <laughs> now Gotta keep them safe. Now, <laughs> Now, uh, you mentioned first gig. I want to hear about the first throw the gig, uh, throw the goat gig. Right. Um, (laughs) So it was at this bar that doesn't exist anymore called Bone Daddy's. And um, uh, basically everybody was telling the owner, he was, it was a friend of ours, you know, it's a small town. Um, But everybody was trying to convince him like, oh, you got to let this band play. Because our, we were just jamming at that point and our jams were, had turned into mini shows. Like half the town would show up at the house just to watch us play in the living room. Um, so they, the town pretty much convinced him to book us. Uh, and we played, let's see, we played and then we did like a DJ thing afterwards cause we didn't have enough songs to like fill up that long of a set. They wanted us to do like multiple sets and shit. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, so how about we play for like 30 to 45 minutes and then we'll take a break. We'll break down and then we'll just like, I don't know, play songs off our laptops or whatever and call ourselves (laughs) djs and uh and yeah by the by the end of the night uh the only thing left at the bar was a six pack of corona light (laughs) like the entire place was packed there were people on the sidewalk looking through the windows like it was one of the best first gigs that you could ever want to have in your life (laughs) that's great man that's great that's great and uh obviously they never booked the dwarves Right. <laughs> right. What are those like ten minute gigs? <laughs> right. Yeah. Ten minute gigs and then set up the place on fire. Yeah. Right. So man, that that's that's a great way to start off the throw the goat career, man. Yeah. But it gave us all huge egos. That was the downside. Oh, okay. <laughs> we were like, right. Oh man. There's gonna be to changes. We're gonna talk about that next hour. We're at the end of the second hour, November 30, 2020, Dishwap Pedo Show. Special guest Brian from Throw the Goat. Hold tight for hour three. November 30, 2020. It's the third hour of the Wap from Pedro Show.
There is a true yearning to respond to the singing river and the wise rock. So say the Asian, the Hispanic, the Jew, the African, the Native American, the Sioux, the Catholic, the Muslim, the French, the Greek, the Irish, the rabbi, the priest, the sheep, the gay, the straight, the preacher, the privileged, the homeless, the teacher, they all hear the speaking of the tree. They hear the first and last of every tree speak to humankind today. Come to me, here, beside the river. Plant yourself beside the river. Each of you, descendant of some past on traveler, has been paid for. You who gave me my first name. You, Pawnee, Apache, Seneca. You, Cherokee Nation, who rested with me, then forced on bloody feet, left me to the employment of other seekers, desperate for gain, starving for gold. You, the Turk, the Arab, the Swede, the German, the Eskimo, the Scot. You, the Ashanti, the Yoruba, the crew, bought, sold, stolen, arriving on a nightmare, praying for a dream. Here, root yourselves beside me. I am that tree planted by the river which will not be moved. I the rock, I the river, I the tree, I am yours. Your passages have been paid. Lift up your faces. You have a piercing need for this bright morning dawning for you. History, despite its wrenching pain, cannot be unlived. But if faith with courage need not be lived again, lift up your eyes upon this day breaking for you. Give birth again to the dream. Women, children, men, take it into the palms of your hands. Mold it into the shape of your most private need. Sculpt it into the image of your most public self. Lift up your heart. Each new hour holds new chances for new beginning. Do not be wedded forever to fear, yoked eternally to brutishness. The horizon leans forward, offering you space to place new steps of change. Here, on the pulse of this fine day, you may have the courage to look up and out and upon me, the rock, the river, the tree, your country. No less to Midas than the mendicant, no less to you now than the mastodon then. Here, on the pulse of this new day, you may have the grace to look up and out and into your sister's eyes and into your brother's face, your country, and say simply, very simply, with hope, good morning. From Pedro Show, start off third hour with Nada, No Mas, Throw the Goat, Tragic Comedy, Drastic Change, Bronze Age, UFO, with Maple Leaf Rage. There's that fucking paper sound again. Uh, Papier Teague, uh, Paper Tiger in French. Uh, Wandering Cage, The Ghost of a Saber-Toothed Tiger, Last Call. That's uh, Sean Lennon. He just had a B-Day, huh? No, it's coming up. <laughs> That's right, because it's... Something. I, I can't remember shit. 
<laughs> Sorry, Sean. Throw the goat with good morning. And, and people, we got now all three throw the goats. So, so Brian, you were telling me about the first gig. And now right. you've got this fourth album out. There's been changes since that first gig in this fourth album. Yeah. So, uh, so we started out as a four piece and then uh, original rhythm guitar player dropped out. Uh, his name is Johnny Trash. He, uh, he's now married and he has two beautiful children. And he's a real estate agent. Uh, uh, Tim, uh, the original drummer, he was the next to drop out. He was having child number three. Uh, I think he's got four now. <laughs> um, so we went on Craigslist and we got another drummer. Uh, his name was Scott. We put out uh, Blood, Sweat and Beers, our second album with him, and the Vote Goat EP in 2016. And then... Uh, we had been admiring Troy for quite a while, <laughs> and uh, he was he was uh, obliging and joined as as our drummer. And uh, then just a couple of years ago, Mike, the original bass player, lead singer, uh, he dropped out and moved out of state. And uh, Troy and I figured, you know, why not keep it going? So I moved over to lead vocals, and we got uh, we got Mr. Derek to come in and then play the four strings for us and good people brian's excellent been joined people. by his yeah excellent bandmates troy and derek welcome aboard thanks for having us man okay derek troy tell me about the first gig you did as throw the goat because he they had a great one the four piece had a fucking really good first gig oh my <laughs> my first gig was in san diego at this place called till two and not your uh, was, first gig your first gig with throw the goat yeah, yeah. my first yeah, yeah. goat was at till two in san diego and uh i booked that show it was not only my first show with throw the goat it was the first show i booked with throw the goat and uh, i was all stoked about it because i played there before and they had i don't know if you remember but they had this kind of indoor outdoor huge stage pushed into the back and i was really pumped up about it and then we got there and they had this tiny little stage that they replaced the huge stage with. And I was like, oh, cool. So I guess it's not like that anymore. And uh, it was pretty whack. All said, <laughs> said done. Pretty lame. I was, uh, wasn't was so proud of myself when we drove home. <laughs> it was, like, it was <laughs> fun. And, and, and it was, uh, uh, was the, new, uh, the other new man with you? No. Okay, it's, so this was still with the older guy. Okay, and oh yeah, and the important question: How many kids does that guy have? <laughs> None. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, all you said about him was he moved out of state. So I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, he and I kind of had a falling out, and okay. um, and you know he didn't he wasn't really down with it anymore. And he had just got married, but um, you okay. know, and okay. then uh, and then it was a metaphor. Went... That's what it was for. There you go. <laughs> so, so. Uh, uh, this new album, where'd you do it at? Uh, we did it in Troy's spare bedroom for the most part. Um, and then we also a little bit at my place in Idlewild and I briefly had access to a studio that no longer exists up here. We did a couple songs there, but, um, yeah, we were basically, we were trying to get it to where we could, uh, we could do like writing and recording sessions, like sleepovers, 
and uh, and get it done that way. And then and then this whole COVID thing happened and kind of threw a wrench in that. So uh, so we did it kind of through through emails and then just getting together one at a time and piecing it together. And uh, it turned out all right. So first, then our, our first, first session back was in the garage up here too. Yeah, up in Yucca Valley. So it was done in chunks, and then you started trading files. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, you got to be flexible with the sitch, you know, and and, and roll with it, right? I, I right. think I think uh, Muhammad Ali called it rope a dope, right? You bounce off the rope. Right. And shit. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's instead of sitting on your hands and crying out loud. Yeah, uh, so, what what about the, when it came to mixing it, or, or was there like a kind of it was self produced, right? Or did you bring right. in a producer man? No, no, did it all ourselves. Um, I think this is like the uh, the ninth, tenth album that I've produced so far for you know various bands and stuff. Um, so you know, and it's it's just utilizing those same skills that uh, that Angel Abyss had learned back in the day and right. using the same program, but just the, the newest version of it. That's why I try to tell people whenever you play, you're never wasting time because you're always investing in the next time. Absolutely. Yeah. Seriously. I want to play four, four on the floor.
America, bless God and night.
Terrestrial perceive no triangle containeth too obtuse.
that's all yeah. right. Little reality never hurt, right? People, last music for this edition. Four on the floor from Throw the Goat. Uh, dissolving the Contradiction from High Maya. Uh, Consolium Hyacinthia from uh, Jerome Park Wells. I guess that's the name of Flower. He's a great bass man on St. Louis. Music with my insane friend with Zero and Don't Believe from Throw the Goat, finally. what What is the songwriting process with Throw the Goat? So this time around... Um... Like hot truck whiskey, we kind of all did together. That was that was the only one that we all um, equally put our put our thing into. Um, and then uh, the first song, uh, "People Like You," that was the last song that um, we wrote musically with uh, with Mike before we quit. Um, so we kind of you know just redid it, uh, new words. Um, but then everything else was like. It was basically just riffs that I've had, either videos on my phone or stuff that I've recorded that's just been, you know, laying in a folder on my computer or, you know, on my phone and uh, kind of turning those into demos and then sending them to the guys and going, is this cool? Is this not? Should we do it? And uh, and then all of us putting our, our collective stank on it. You know, that... that, that <laughs> collective stank. Collective stank. <laughs> that vi- video thing is interesting because you can actually see where... Somebody's making a fucking bunch of noise there, man. Watch out. You can actually see so where the... So I had to uh, go grab some headphones because my, uh, my stuff just started messing up. So I should be back to making less okay. noise in just a moment. Uh, what, what I was trying to say, this video thing, Mr. Shimmy turned me on to this. I, I was thinking, why would somebody give you a movie? But you could see where the hands are on the fucking neck. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's really a great idea. Yeah, the files are fucking bigger. But you could see where the guy's got his actually his hands. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that can help buttloads when you're trying to figure shit out. Dude. Yeah. Especially like <laughs> old riffs and everything, trying to go through and like, how the hell was I in E Standards when I fucking <laughs> recorded this? <laughs> Right, right. That's another right. thing too. Puke and I are tuned differently, so that yeah. puts a a whole uh, other fun thing we get to work with on. <laughs> You're tuned different. I like to tune down a whole step, and uh, so it gives me a an extra an extra D sometimes. <laughs> okay, saying so the strings are looser. Yeah, and then Brian likes them a little tighter. Right. All right. Yeah. When we me and D Boomer boys, we couldn't relate that to pitch. We thought if you played down on the corner and it sounded right, you were in tune. We didn't know you had to have the same down on the corner as the other dude. <laughs> we thought some dudes like tight strings, some liked them loose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It must. Derek sounded... also wears his base, wears his base down like by his kneecaps. Well, that's even more important. It's where you wear the base. It's not what you play. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't ever mean to, and then I just kept finding like a slightly longer strap and getting more and more comfortable until finally I got a really long strap. I was like, "Wow, not bad." <laughs> they got some of those are kind of rubber bandy, so they even like stretchy. Look, where can people find you on the internet? So uh, they can find us at our official website at throwthegoat.net. Um, we also have, if you go to votegoat2020.com, that'll take you to the same spot. Um, we've also got everything up on Bandcamp. That's throwthegoat.bandcamp.com. And when in doubt, just Google Throw the Goat and we'll pop up. Yeah, or any other search. Ian McKay would say any search engine. Exactly. <laughs> Because we don't want to. Because everybody uses. Ask that's why I don't use the p word to call my show. They don't even make that device anymore. Why be a fucking shill? 
Right. Look, there you go. It's beautiful having you guys on. When you make your next, you're, you're planning the next record, right? Yeah. Um, we we actually held back some songs uh, from this last one that uh, that we got going on. And then there's other, all sorts of other jams and stuff. Um, so I'm really looking forward. I know that we all are. Um well, looking can, forward to can you come back to, on the show and then i could get to know uh, derek and troy more fucking hey absolutely okay. i would really like that okay thanks so much brian throw the goat keep on keeping on brothers People? you too brother okay yeah. it's been the november 30 2020 edition of for pedro show keep your powder dry